You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than a place just to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. James, today we've got to get into a very, very long and dramatic day of news and injuries from Cleveland. And let's just start with the OBJ news. We talked about this with Jeff, that's going to be coming up in segment three of the show today. And I yesterday said I wouldn't be surprised if he's inactive. Turns out that was a little lenient as, you know, at this point, it might be an upset if Odell Beckham Jr. is back with the Browns at any point this year. It seems like his release may or may not be eminent. His agent working with Andrew Barry in Cleveland to try to figure out what the options are. But Sounds like things are shaky. He was dismissed from practice on on Wednesday and hard to see a path back. Yeah, it's kind of wild how things are are transpiring right now in Cleveland. But that's really been this Odell Baker saga. It's just been a lot of drama on and off and, and we're seeing it right now. So look, I think it's good for the Bengals because as dramatic as Odell Beckham Jr. is and you can look at the numbers and say, oh, well, Baker is better without him. Yeah, but Odell is scary and can still be really, really good and had the deep ball against William Jackson, the third and without him and with a banged up Jarvis Landry, who really scares you in that wide receiver room. Right. And, and so there's, uh, you know, a positive going into it, but yeah. And then this is a distraction too, man. It can go one of two ways. It can either bring the, the Browns together or it can, you know, make it tough on them. But I, I here's the thing. I wonder how many people in that locker room, are Team Odell, because we're not going to see them come to the surface. But I bet you there are some that are like, man, if only Odell would get the ball a little bit more, if only we would use him the right way, or if only this or that, maybe our offense wouldn't be as bad as it is, and maybe we wouldn't be 4-4, four and four, right? So uh, I do think that that's the part of it, if you're the Bengals, that you could potentially take advantage of. If the the drama between Odell and Baker is causing some in the locker room, and we haven't heard this as of now, to question Baker behind the scenes, because if that happens, well, then there's a, there's certainly a, a breaking point for something like that. I will say that I've seen on Twitter that some of his Browns teammates, Odell's Browns teammates were liking Odell Beckham seniors, Instagram post of like, <laughs> here's all the times Odell Beckham jr. Was open, but we won't talk too much more about the Odell drama, except to say it looks like the Bengals will avoid Odell Beckham Jr. barring some major, major changes of heart in Cleveland. I mean, Baker Mayfield's asking for an apology, and uh, that uh, that strikes me as a bit odd. But away from the drama, James, I think, and and let's take a look at the injury report. You have one, one closing remark on Baker that you'd like to, or a Baker Odell that you'd like to make. No. Okay. No, we'll, we'll get into it with Jeff uh, Lloyd from locked on Browns in a bit. No problem. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it there. And I think the theme is going to be, you know, some regret that it didn't work out in Cleveland. And uh, let's talk injuries 
because it's a very, very long list here. And on the Bengals side of things, Trey Hopkins is getting his normal Wednesday maintenance day, and we'll see how that plays out this week. He hasn't practiced on Wednesdays pretty much all year. Cam Sample didn't practice with a knee injury. And in a corresponding move, James, I think, the Bengals protected Noah Spence on the practice squad this week in case perhaps they need to call him up in case their injuries to the edge position where they need some reinforcements there. Chris Evans was limited coming off that hamstring injury. So he's slowly working his way back Auden Tate limited with that thigh injury that kept him out of the game last week. And Jackson Carmen, and this was a bit of a scary one. He went out with that back injury and then Trey Hill came in and promptly had three very rough snaps. Jackson Carmen was a full participant in practice. So yeah. whatever did go on with his back and he did have that surgery to correct a bulging disc in January, it seems like he is ready to go a full participant on Wednesday. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's the best news of the day. That was the news that you're hoping for. Overall, the Bengals relatively healthy. But if you have to start Trey Hill, and even with Jackson Carmen, this is going to happen. But guess who's going to line up inside and test your boy Trey Hill right away? Number 95, Miles Garrett. I think that's a, you know, a, a no-brainer anyways with Carmen. But who do you trust more? I think we all trust Carmen more. And, you know, it seems like Trey Hill, he's gotten, what, 15 snaps this year? Or maybe a little bit more than that, but he's got three penalties. It just it can't happen in a, a rivalry game like this where it's going to be tough and you're going to face a team that, despite the drama, needs to get a win. Yeah, and Kevin Stefanski has gone so far to call them desperate, which is kind of crazy for a coach to say, but he said that's our mindset as a team is we need this win. We're desperate for it. That's our mindset. And so obviously after maybe taking the Jets a little bit lightly, maybe taking the Jaguars a little bit lightly early this year, the Bengals can't afford the Bears. Maybe you can't afford to take the Browns lightly, despite this long list of injuries. And, and we'll go through this a little bit. Jadavion Clowney didn't practice. He has ankle, knee and hip injuries. And this is a guy that, you know, I don't think he needs to practice to play if, if he's ready to play. But he's definitely banged up. Jack Conklin won't be playing this this weekend. He's got an elbow injury. Some other notables, Malik Jackson didn't practice with an ankle injury. John Johnson, the big money safety that the Browns went after in free agency, didn't practice. He has a neck injury. Jarvis Landry didn't practice with his knee injury. Uh, Malik McDowell didn't practice. Takaris, Takaris McKinley didn't practice. Donovan Peoples-Jones limited, J.C. Treader limited, Denzel Ward limited, Jedrick Wills limited. Like, it's it's a list, and that doesn't even count J.O.K., who's on IR. So the Browns are banged up. Yeah, they are banged up. And so to me, like Landry, expect him to play. I think that's more of a maintenance day, right? Denzel Ward, he's making his way back. I think he'll be fine. So a lot of these guys could play, but it's just a really long list. And a lot of a lot of Knicks and drama and more Knicks and limited reps. And, and the thing is, the thing that's going to go almost unnoticed and untalked about, not talked about, untalked about, it's a word here on Locked on Bengals at least, is Baker. Like we were talking about whether or not he would play or at least, you know, people in Cleveland and Pittsburgh were talking about that less than a week ago. And now Odell just steals the show. Well, Baker's still dinged up and he's still fighting through it. And, uh, you know, that left shoulder injury. So 
yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on right now uh, with the Browns. But honestly, I don't know if it mattered. Baker or Case Keenum, I think both are better than Mike White. So the Bengals are going to have to come ready to play. Mike White, whose uniform and game ball were taken to Canton. Jesus. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so the Bengals had their work cut out, I think, regardless of the injury situation, regardless of the drama and the circus going on in Cleveland, just because Baker and Kevin Stefanski have owned Luana Rumo. We saw it last year, the play action game, the wide zone game. These are all things that put a lot of stress on the Bengals defense, and they have to be better against misdirection and against play action. These are things that teams have used to hurt them, including the Jets, including the Jaguars, including the Packers. And so they will need to be better against those things this week. Of all the teams in the AFC North that the Bengals defense is built to handle, I think, you know, they've added pieces to help with the running game in Cleveland, but I'm not sure that they are super well equipped yet. And they haven't shown it yet to consistently or at any level of consistency, even if it's not every down, deal with the sort of play actions, the nakeds, the misdirection issues that, have kind of given them problems this year. But we'll get into that matchup a little bit more uh, coming up in the next segment, coming up tomorrow, and talk a little bit about what Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow had to say about some of the challenges that the Bengals will face in this Browns team will be. And that's coming up next. Today's episode brought to you by McDonald's. Look, if Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield really want to smooth things over, then they should probably go to McDonald's and get a tasty double quarter pounder with cheese, maybe some extra fries or, you know, the chicken McNuggets that I know I love, but it's more than just a place with McFlurry's French fries and awesome Wi-Fi. It's a place you look forward to stopping at during a long road trip. I've done it multiple times this season, going to do it multiple more times, I guarantee, whether it's in an airport, whether it's a long drive. And again, I'm serious. McDonald's might be exactly what OBJ and Mr. Mayfield need in their lives, along with maybe a, a, an apology McFlurry. But either way, maybe they don't go there. You should go there. Make McDonald's your next stop on that road trip or uh, on your way to work tomorrow so you can get an awesome breakfast. And maybe it's uh, as simple as your next business meeting. You reconnect there with their awesome Wi-Fi. So it's, uh, it's the place to go. And uh, I know I love McDonald's, been eating there my whole life. And maybe I'll have to pull an Ocho Cinco since he's doing the uh, leading the who day chant and he's the ruler of the jungle this week. Maybe I have to stop by McDonald's in his honor. So as always check out McDonald's and I'm loving it. Maybe you're taking that road trip. You're stopping at McDonald's. You've got to fill up the gas tank because well, it's a road trip and we've told you about it before. I'm telling you about it again. We've got an app that will help you save money on gas 25 cents for every gallon. Every time you fill up, with the free Get Upside app in the App Store or in Google Play right now, you just use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So on your first fill-up, 50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump. Get money back using Get Upside. Again, download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. It'll be 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. You're going to make a lot of money back especially if you drive a lot. Again, free GetUpside app, promo code TOUCHDOWN for 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's TOUCHDOWN for 50 cents cash back with the GetUpside app. All right, James. So Cleveland, desperate for a win. 
Bengals need to get their minds right coming off of a very disappointing loss. And you could tell with the way Joe Burrow's answering questions in his press conference that he's disappointed and not necessarily with the defense even. He feels like they should have scored more points against the Jets and put that game out of reach. But it'll be interesting to see the mentalities of these teams as as they prepare to face each other in a very important game for the rest of the season for both of them in terms of how they're going to stack up in the AFC North. Yeah, to me, it's such a it is make or break for the Browns. And if you think about it with the Bengals, you get off to this, you know, five and two start. If you drop that game to the Jets and then you lose to a floundering drama filled OBJ, what is he now? Baker Mayfield can't throw his accuracy isn't nearly as good as it was. This injury list is a mile long desperate Browns team. Well, then maybe your chances of winning the division certainly on ice. If that happens, I'll, I'll say that. I think, you know, you drop the five and four. Good luck trying to rally and rebound and, you know, win the division. I just think it's unrealistic given how hard the second half of that schedule is. But if they're going to beat the Browns, if they're going to make that run, if, 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 I think it's about offense and scoring a bunch and, you know, topping that 30 point mark. And I brought that up to Joe Burrow because you're right. He, he's certainly not satisfied and he shouldn't be. I think we all know that they've left some some plays out there in each of the past three weeks. And they've topped the 30-point mark in all three of those games. But he named another number, Jake. I'm, I'm Everyone calls me Hot Take Joe. Hot Take Joe? I don't know. What the hell do you call him? I don't know. But uh, listen to what Joe Burrow had to say. Like we should go out and score 40 every single week. And, you know, last week last week we, we left some points on the board. And, you know, the week before that, we left points on the board. And the week before that, we left points on the board. So, you know, unless you score on every possession, there's there's always room to improve and, and get better. I want to know what he was about to say there. We feel like we should score 40 points every week. Dot, 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 four more dots in seven more seconds. Uh, and then he goes into the politically correct answer. So he caught himself. I don't know what he was going to say. Maybe it was... I don't care who's on defense or maybe it was if Jamar Chase would always catch the ball instead of sometimes, or if Tyler Boyd knew where I was throwing <laughs> right in the red zone, it could have been any of those things, but uh 40, how realistic, how realistic, like generally, <laughs> like every week, I mean, you'd be probably breaking NFL records. You'd be the best offense in the NFL, I think, but I, I don't fault Joe Burrow for having those expectations for himself in this offense. And you know, he's making a point here, which is saying, and somebody asked us, asked me maybe this question on Twitter, maybe asked us, it was like, does the perfect game exist or is it a golden goose that we're chasing as fans, as critics, as people covering the team, as whatever. And Joe Burrow kind of spells it out here, right? There is no perfect game because if you don't score in every drive, you're going to go find things that can be better. If you don't score in every play, you're going to go back and find things that you could probably have done better. You know, maybe you anticipate something and you make a block downfield that, you, you, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be a, a normal routine play. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense that Joe Burrow has these high standards. And I'm also very curious about what he, what he didn't say. Because that, especially if you're watching on YouTube and you can see his facial expression and see the pause and see the, 
you know, he, he takes a breath, he's ready to talk. And then he, he kind of pauses and good for him for having the composure, but uh, very interested to know. We almost yeah. had some controversy. Yeah. We almost had, <laughs> see, but see, he's mature. He is. And, uh, and, a, and a couple of those guys uh, in, in Cleveland aren't. So yeah, I, uh, 40, that, that's my, no, that's it. That's my expectation. I, you know how I said 30 and that was like the talk and they're getting close to that. 40 now. Let's see it, Bengals. What are they at? They're 220 points scored and they've played eight games or 27 and a half points per game. So they are getting there. They have also played four of the worst teams in the NFL. So, uh, you know, the back half of the schedule may be a little bit harder, but, you know, they also play the Chiefs who have one of the worst defenses in the NFL at some point. And, you know, there will be an opportunity to score a lot of points there. And maybe we'll see the Browns and Bengals break their Super Bowl era record of most points in a game. That would be uh, 58 48. 58 that 48. One from 04. That's right. Delta interception. Oh, what a roller coaster. I don't want to have to cover one of those. I got to no. watch that, and that was already a lot. If I have to cover one of those, it's going to be. Can you imagine doing a post game show? Nope. 58 48. Too much to talk we would about. Have, we would have to do a two hour show. <laughs> That's a lot crazy. of dancing for me. That's a lot of dancing. Um, one for every touchdown, obviously. But in terms of the Browns, What's interesting is they're four and four. They're last place in the AFC North. And again, I don't think anybody's looking over the Browns or anybody thinks this is going to be an easy game despite the injuries. But you look at who they've lost to. They have losses against the Chiefs, 33 to 29 in Kansas City in the opening week of the season. They lost to the Chargers in Los Angeles, 47-42. They lost to the Cardinals, who at the time were undefeated and took them a couple more weeks to lose, 37-14. to 14. And then they lost to the Steelers, which I don't know how you explain that one because, you know, the Steelers aren't a good football team. But the Browns' offense the last two weeks, three weeks really, 14 points, 17 points, 10 points, has kind of hit the rocks a little bit. And I know they've had injuries to the running back position as well. But you look at their the, the teams they've, they've lost to, generally they're they're pretty good teams. Chargers, Chiefs. Cardinals and the Bengals on the other hand, you know, they have some losses to some teams who, who aren't so good. So in a lot of ways, it's another litmus test this week. And we've talked about litmus tests. I feel like a lot this year and the Browns have generally beaten the bad teams they've played except the Steelers and lost to the good teams they've played. And so which are the Bengals going to be this week? The boldest thing I heard during that, you said it like four times, is how bad the Steelers are. Yeah, they're bad. And that the Chargers are good. I don't know if the Steelers are bad. I really don't. And so well, on this that, that, objectively, that, yes. On this podcast, no, they're bad. Okay, there we go. All right. So as long as – all right, there we go. All right, so no problem. And and I get it. You, you can crush them, and I know our listeners love it when you do. Not all Look, of them. When you have a desperate team with their season on the line – and a coach who got all that praise last year. And I've been in Cleveland. Obviously, I work there. It's a pressure cooker all week. It's brutal. Like, if people think that the media here is mean to the Bengals or critical or – like, Zach Taylor has no idea how bad it would have been if he was in, Cle- in Cleveland going 625-1. and one. So, yeah, they're going to come out. I, I think they're either going to have a chip on their shoulder or they're going to be just kind of eh, going through the motions. And – it's it's hard. I, I would imagine it's the the former chip on their shoulder flying around. Baker's 
flexing and doing all the stuff he does and dancing and do, doing all the stuff he uh, tries to do to get his guys fired up. And so that's hard to put down. That's hard to finish off. Even if you get off to a good start, even if you're up 10, right? It, it, it's all of those things. So yeah, it's uh, this is a litmus test and it's going to be a tough one. And, and not just for the, the guys on the roster, but this coaching staff for Zach Taylor, because he's never, well, he beat the Browns once. Burroughs never beat the Browns. And again, I don't count Zach Taylor's win over the Browns because that was Freddie Kitchen's last game in Cleveland and he was a dumpster fire. So We'll see, but I totally agree. This is a this is the ACT, the SAT. It's a tough test because a lot of people thought the Browns are going to win this division. And we'll see how the Bengals answer the bell after a tough loss that clearly has a bitter taste in all of their mouths. They surprised us last time. Not, not last time coming off a loss necessarily, but the last time we thought they were going to have a tough game, they went into Baltimore and put a hurting on a divisional opponent. 2-0 in the division. We're going to talk to Jeff Lloyd coming up next from Lockdown Browns to... Have a little dialogue about whether the Bengals can keep it up and more talk about Odell Beckham Jr. That's going to finish the show today. But first, I got to tell you about Bet Online because whether you want to wager on the Battle of Ohio on Sunday, maybe Joe Burrow's chances of winning Comeback Player of the Year, or Jamar Chase being Offensive Rookie of the Year, you can do it all in one spot. BetOnline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from the NFL to college football, where my Bearcats were improperly ranked sixth overall in the college football playoff rankings in week one. So we'll see if that improves and they wise up that committee. But yeah, maybe you think the Bearcats are going to make a national championship run. You can wager on that. You can wager on the NBA and so much more. Maybe you did pick the Braves to win the World Series. Well, then you just got paid from betonline.ag. And right now, Use promo code locked on and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's free money, baby, that you could take by Built Bars and go to McDonald's and have a hell of a time celebrating your victory and your right bets. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's keep things rolling on this crossover Thursday, a Battle of Ohio edition and Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns is here with Jake Lisko, my co-host of Locked On Bengals. I'm James Rapine. And let's be honest, Jeff, uh, we got to start with topic A, OBJ, uh, the stuff that went on the other day. Man, I'm rhyming um, with his dad <laughs> and, and him talking about uh, how open Odell Beckham Jr. is. And then LeBron James, who is a Browns fan, says free OBJ. And he doesn't get dealt by the deadline. And so he's... I assume going to play on Sunday against the Bengals. And uh, I don't know, are things rosy between him and Baker? What's, what's going on and, and how worried should this Bengals secondary be about uh, OBJ? Well, first things first, if he plays or he doesn't play, I don't know how concerned they would have to be with him anyway. Um, there's really not much going on in that Avenue. Um, Tuesday was difficult. Um, and look, it, it doesn't take anybody. And we've been over this, you know, on the show a, a million times. It's not working. You have enough of a sample size where you can say Baker Mayfield exponentially plays better when Odell Beckham Jr. is not in the lineup. It's not a one-time thing. I mean, we've had, I mean, he's been out of the lineup almost more than he's been in the lineup in his tenure here with the Browns. And you have the 2018 season to go to with Baker Mayfield as well, where he played really well. It's just not a situation that's not working. Is, is it that, you know, Baker focuses too much on Odell and then doesn't focus on the rest, uh, you know, of the route progressions? Or is it that he's so worried about the rest of the route progressions that he doesn't give enough time to make Baker, I mean, to make Odell Beckham his first target. 
whatever it is, it, it's been too long now. And now it's to the point where you're hoping and praying it works as opposed to having any statistical, any statistical backing to the fact that you know it works and maybe it's just been stymied for a week or two by a good defense. It's just not a workable situation. I mean, look, I mean, I can give you players' names of Rashard Higgins, much better success rate with Baker Mayfield. Rashard Perriman, much better success rate. Donovan Peoples-Jones, the list goes on and on. I don't know what it is, and there's no way you can put blame on either single one guy. It's just something where it doesn't work together. Now, what happened today? Look, I mean, we've seen this song before. This is the same thing that got him traded out of New York to begin with. It's it's just not – and this is the thing that ag, aggravates and frustrates for me from my standpoint. Both guys are in the same boat. Odell Beckham Jr. had zero guaranteed money after this season. So he's playing for a contract just as much as Baker Mayfield is playing for his contract extension. Odell's out here getting family members involved, getting LeBron James involved. Baker Mayfield's actually out here playing injured and pretty much hurting whatever his contract extension value is. There's no way he's making any more money. So you have two guys trying to get to the same ultimate prize, and they're going about it in such different avenues. Look, you can they can say all they want tomorrow or this, that, and the other thing. Nobody's going to believe this is a workable situation. You'd be a fool to believe it's a workable situation. Um, you know, it's all on the Browns court as to what they do. I mean, if they wanted to, I mean, they could probably find a way to suspend them. I don't think they're going to do that at four and four um, because they certainly need every horse possible. But it's just it's been really bad and it just doesn't show any signs of getting any better. Why is that? Like, uh, is it just personalities? Is it that Kevin Stefanski wants to live in 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field and feature the run game so much? Is it that? You know, the, the Kevin Stefanski offense makes his wide receivers block more maybe than Odell Beckham wants to from tight splits in the run game and these sorts of things. Because we saw Stefan Diggs didn't like playing, apparently, in the Kevin Stefanski offense either. That's another star wide receiver. So I know you probably don't know the exact reason, but what would you say is the most likely reason it doesn't work? Because I just think back to when the Browns acquired Beckham and how excited the Browns community, Browns fans were to get this superstar wide receiver at the time. Oh, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, and for me, the biggest Odell Beckham Jr. fan there is, you know, I, you know, was absolutely giddy to it. And, you know, hats off to her uh, friend, Patricia Trainer, who kind of warned me, um, if it goes great, it's great. If it's not going well, it's, it could get ugly really, really quick. And that was when Pat called. Um, but the thing is, and it probably is due to the system. The system really just isn't wide receiver friendly. When you're going to play that personnel of 12, 13 and so much is predicated on the run game and the play action and a lot of it is is what are you doing you're trying to take that second tight end that first head in you're trying to recreate the same look you saw on a running play that they the defense hasn't stopped maybe two or three times and guess what now here's the wrinkle we're not handing it to the running back we have you know one tight end run the diagonal we have run one tight end run a flat and when they're this wide open you know three four five yards wide open when they're schemed open off of play action why are you gonna bother because you know you have a completion. You're going to have eight, nine yards of the pickup. You have tight ends who move pretty well in Austin Hooper, David Ajoku. They're able to give you yak ability. It's a safer play than to saying, you know, well, did the wide receiver get open, you know, under the safeties, between the linebackers? Did he settle down in the sweet spot? And it's it's just not very conducive. And the thing is, where it is conducive for wide receivers, where it's never really succeeded a lot, you have a Coach Stefanski, is in the deep game. You know, and taping, taking the deep shots, and which you would have wanted to see against Pittsburgh where the box was stacked and there were so many guys up against the line of scrimmage and it just never worked out. They didn't even take deep shots, barely even tried. And you have no idea truly what the limitations are with Baker 
right now with the shoulder. You obviously think on the shorter passes, he's going to be able to control the ball a little bit better. It seems when he you know opens it up a little bit is when the ball starts to flutter, wobble a little bit more. We've seen that at times. Um, so it's, it's an inch, you know, he, Odell Beckham Jr. is upset and I gotta be honest, rightfully so, you know, he, whether he is or he isn't, cause I don't think anybody knows truly whether or not he's still a top 10 or top 15 wide receiver in this game right now, but he's not even get the opportunity to show whether he is or he isn't. And that's probably where he is frustrated. And you look at the Browns sitting here at four and four, I'm sure they're frustrated because this is a guy they probably were hope. And maybe there was some false hope coming back that first game against the bears, five catches, 71 yards. It was like, wow, everything looks really good. It looks like he's, you know, who we were waiting to get back. And now here we are, you know, three, four weeks later. And it's, you know, it's been worse than it ever was. And you have a really, really motivated quarterback. You have a really, really motivated offense that just is struggling so badly because they're caught between the fact that, you know, they want to open it up a little bit more, but they don't have faith in any way of opening up this passing game anymore. So now we're playing the same offense we saw in year one of the Stefanski system. Jeff, let's let's talk about the rest of the team because the obj saga the drama whatever it's it's gone on now since he arrived there during the freddie kitchens era in 2019 but this team entered this year with the highest of expectations uh, obviously you won a playoff game last year they're four and four right now they've dealt with a ton of injuries so just kind of give us almost a state of the union browns edition because i think a lot of bengals fans have change their tune for how this game is going to go and almost expect to win. And I think that's fair, especially at home, regardless of how the Browns are playing, because the Bengals expect to be in games with the Browns. But why do you think that this Browns team is, is going to win Sunday if you think so? And, and, and why can they still turn it around? Why is there still some hope here? Uh, well, some things that have been you know part of a problem here this year, the offensive line has not completed one game yet together with the starting unit. That's, you know, and look, you know, Everybody else kind of goes through that, but for the Browns, the calling card and probably the best positional unit on this team is that offensive line. So not having all five of them intact, and they will not be intact as Jack Conklin is going to be out for the foreseeable future. Um, then the running back room, um, you know, Kareem Hunt, it wasn't a surprise that he didn't do so well against Arizona. He's always been so much better with Nick, the two of them together. You know, Nick's obviously shown with the Browns his own you know repertoire as the feature back. But Hunt, it was kind of like their styles just meshed so well. You know, you know, Nick would run through you and around you and past you. And Kareem was allowed to get to the hole and say, all right, I'm going to absorb contact because I'm not taking 25 carries a game. So I can go a little further, go a little more physical. And you saw that a little bit with Ernest Johnson. Defense is where I think things got a little bit wonky. Um, you know, Joe Woods, his entire time here, want to talk about how he wanted to get to play three safeties. All right. So finally, this year, you had Grant Helpit. You had Ronnie Hillman. I mean, yeah, yeah, I had Ronnie Harrison, sorry. You had John Johnson the third For the first six weeks, John Johnson the third was a ghost. They didn't really know how to use him. They weren't using him correctly. Ronnie Harrison, here was a guy where maybe Browns were talking about, wow, what's going to cost here in an extension to where right now, I'm not sure if the Browns would say, you know, two years, eight million, let's go and do it because he's playing undisciplined. Um, he got tossed from one game, a terrible, terrible late hit last Sunday. Grant Delpit. You're going to say it's his rookie year, and you're also going to say, look, Achilles and anybody, you know, as many guys as you talk, players as you guys talk to, you understand that's the one that's really, really difficult because, you know, an athlete is just, it's so different to come back from an Achilles. There's been times where he's looked really good. There's times where he's looked lost. There's times where he's looked like he doesn't have confidence. So you want to play three safeties, but your top three safeties, you have question marks all over the place. You tried to transcend, transcend into a faster defense. Jeremiah Wusukoromo was the key of this, and it really, really took off. And then against Cardinals, suffered a high ankle sprain. 
we're lucky if we'll see him maybe by December. So the, there were players that they were really, really counting on in the, uh, you know, on defense and in the secondary. And it just hasn't happened. The hope for me for Sunday is if we're looking for rock bottom, I, I, I don't think we can look any further. Uh, you know, apparently now we have you know, wives sticking up for quarterbacks. We have dads jumping in, uh, you know, players you know, me- messaging their favorite pro athletes to come bail them out. And meanwhile, you have guys like Miles Garrett probably sitting over here like, wow, I, I think people thought me having some fake graves for quarterbacks was a bad thing. And now this is where we are in look for coach Stefanski and Andrew Barry. This is going to be the ultimate test because you can do things through an analytic lens, or you can do things from, you know, well, this is how I learned it. And I've been around this organization for so long. Okay. Well, here is a big pile of junk. There's no analytics for this guys. How do you now make this a workable situation against a team that can light up the scoreboard Sunday? And look, for the Bengals, this is probably what they're looking to do. Hey, all right, well, look, you guys transcended your team around in, what, a season and a half? Well, why do we think we can't do that? So, you know, for the Bengals, everything's on the table. And for the Browns, if it's not a win on Sunday, I mean, you're really talking the possibility that, you know, as promising as 2021 looked, it could be over. For whatever reason, the Cleveland Browns and the circus can't seem to escape each other, no matter how the results may be from one season to the next. And for this week, at least it's back in Cleveland and we'll see how that plays out in terms of the football field on Sunday. And if Miles Garrett, he of the quarterback grave, mild controversy in retrospect can do enough to disrupt the Bengals offense. Jeff, thanks for your time and looking forward to this matchup between the Browns and the Bengals on Sunday. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Tomorrow, James and I are back with a preview of the first meaningful battle of Ohio in quite some time. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one.